Greetings in the name of our coming servant, our Lord Jesus Christ. The second of those appearances. The appearance to Mary. Probably the most life-changing announcement, not just to the world, but to a person in history. In our first midweek Advent service, Pastor John took us through the Jewish marriage customs and the way they set it up. And Mary and Joseph by this time were formally united to one another, even though they weren't living together. They had drank the cup of wine. Joseph was preparing the home. Usually the parents arranged the marriage, and if they were loving, usually they talked to their daughter about her opinions of the person that they had chosen for her. As we read of Joseph later on, they had chosen well, hadn't they? And before the angel's visit to Mary, she had beautiful, wonderful plans for her life. Soon she would be living with Joseph. Hopefully soon God would grant them a child, many children. And yes, they would live happily ever after. And it wouldn't be a fairy tale. It would be reality. But in the angel's visit to Mary, Mary's reality changed, didn't it? Big time. Mary, you're pregnant. When I discussed this story with middle school students that I taught for so many, had privilege to teach for so many years, we kind of discussed it this way. Both Mary and Joseph had been to maturation class, and they knew how babies get there, and they knew that neither of them had done that. So Mary knew she had a big time problem. And her life was changing in big time ways. And wasn't that a marvelous reaction? I am the Lord's servant. Let it happen. I will be the Lord's servant. 
Let us play on those wonderful words of Mary today and do some soul-searching and encouraging and ask ourselves, may we have the attitude of Mary that all of us, too, in our own way and in our own shape and form and in our own calling by God and placing us where we are and who we are, we, too, are the Lord's servants. I am the Lord's servant. In those wonderful daily devotions, email devotions that our students write out, very often the topic of concern is, is my major right? Will my career lead to something that's not just fulfilling that will benefit the world? benefit me, make me happy, make, make me a blessing to others? And so we ask, the question comes up, will we respond as the Lord directs our life, I am the Lord's servant. Unlike Mary, you may not know at this time in life if you will be the Lord's servant in a marriage. Why won't he take the hint that I'd really like to be more than just a friend? Why won't she say yes if I ask? Will I end up being single? Am I willing to say, Lord, if that's what you want, I, am, I will be the Lord's servant in this way? Or, Yes, and I say yes. And then as he gets more comfortable with me, I find out Prince Charming isn't always so charming after all. I am the Lord's servant. Or reverse the situation. As Cinderella gets more comfortable with him and she takes off the glass slipper and she exhibits more than a few traits like her wicked stepsisters, can he say, I am the Lord's servant? Will you, unlike 
Mary and Joseph be childless? Can you respond to the various possibilities of that with Mary's words? I am the Lord's servant. Or will, if God blesses you like he did with Mary with a special child, if that special child turns out not to be exactly what you envisioned your special child to be, uh, pointing on that child all your goals, all your dreams, but instead that child turns out to be a special needs child requiring very special parents. Can you respond with Mary? I am the Lord's servant. Or life goes on. You, your spouse, someone very dear to you gets some very bad diagnosis of some very bad disease or problem. And your life is changed just as drastically or more personally and devastating to you as the angel's words to Mary. Will you be able to respond? I am the Lord's servant. Or, you're a college graduate going to a business meeting of the people you work for, and it's a Zoom meeting that happened not so long ago, actually. And during the Zoom meeting to discuss corporation business, you're told at the end of the Zoom meeting that you all just lost your job, that they were being terminated. It actually happened. Can you? Will you respond? I am the Lord's servant. Or fill in the blank. Whatever has happened to you, or whatever you fear might happen to you or your loved one, could you respond? I am the Lord's servant. Because you and I can't always do that. Don't always do that. Let's examine why. Isn't it because we turn Mary's beautiful words around. 
It's good to have goals. It's good to have plans. It's good to rejoice when God fulfills them, but when he doesn't, isn't our reaction deep down not I am the Lord's servant, but God, you need to be my servant. You need to make my plans happen the way I want them to happen. And those type of reactions, those type of thoughts, are sinful. And that's why we need the greatest servant to come and help us out, whose birth we're celebrating again this season once again. That Old Testament servant of the Lord which the Old Testament prophets pointed God's people to. Martin Luther in his beautiful poetic hymn, Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice, described that servanthood of Jesus. And he did it in words like these. He spoke to his beloved son, his time to have compassion. Then go, bright jewel of my crown, and bring mankind salvation from sin and sorrow. Set them free. Slay bitter death for them that they may live with you forever. The son's reaction, Luther reminds us. The son obeyed his father's will, was born a virgin mother and God's good pleasure to fulfill. He came to be my brother. No garb of pomp or power he wore. How did he become my brother? A servant's form, like mine, he bore. Let's unpack that thought. A servant's form, like mine. God Himself have a very having a re, very real body. To serve, to experience all the troubles and heartaches and deprivations of living here on earth, to know them personally because he experienced them not as an actor, but as a participant with you and with me. to experience rejection, to experience loss, to experience not as an actor, but really pain, 
And finally, the ultimate king of the cross. Or as Luther put it, for shall shed my precious blood, me of my life believing, bereaving. All this I suffer for your good. Be steadfast and believing. All this I suffer for your good. The ultimate servant to produce the ultimate good by his service. And we have received that. And in receiving that, he gives us the wonderful privilege of transforming our lives in our bodies of service that so often will produce good. Good not just to the others, that we provide that service. But yes, very often, good also for ourselves. Be steadfast and believing. As the choir sang, those beautiful words, those very true words before the sermon. There is a yearning, isn't there? Whether my life of service is going pretty much, mostly, like I planned and is enjoyable, praise God. But even then, there is a yearning. And especially when my life of service brings crosses, some of which were mentioned earlier, or others that you can think of or you know people have experienced loved ones, there is a yearning. But as Claire sang, there is an end to that yearning, isn't there? Life shall from death the victory win. My innocence shall bear your sin. And you are blessed forever. However you're serving now, or in the future, as the Lord calls you to be his servant. And you are blessed forever. So whatever crosses, in spite of whatever crosses that you're serving with, this Christmas season because of that child, that servant child, that servant God-man 
I can wish with all truth and sincerity, which wish each one of you a Merry Christmas. Amen.